0: Welcome to the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. This episode contains a sermon from May 30th by Pastor Randy titled, Teach Us to Pray, Part 4. So it's good to see a lot of people visiting with us this morning. I don't know, we've got a, a lot here. Glad to have you here this morning. We've been in a series in dealing with the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer is probably the most famous prayer in the world. But the second most famous prayer in the world is probably the serenity prayer. It's used in a whole lot of recovery groups. And it goes like this. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as a pathway to peace, and taking, as Jesus did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. That's the serenity prayer. Probably the third best known prayer in the world is the senility prayer. God, grant me the senility to forget the people I never liked anyway, (laughs) the good fortune to run into the ones I do, and the eyesight to tell the difference. That will make more sense to you guys as you get older. Not all prayers are lined up with the will of God. And what Jesus is doing here in Matthew, he's teaching us how to pray the way God wants us to pray. Lessons on prayer from Jesus written down for us so that we can have. uh, this, This is a great thing to have. And so let's begin with this. This is where we started at. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Our Father, God is a good, loving, perfect, heavenly Father who's in heaven. That means he's in charge of everything. He sees it all. He's sovereign over it all. And let his name be honored as holy. God, you're holy. You're set apart. There's no one like you. Now, if that sets into your heart and your mind... If you realize that, then what other response could you have besides what comes next? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, my reign is over. You're reigning in my life now. I'm submitting to you. And that submission, that's when you find that serenity. We sang, uh, we sang it last week. Perfect submission, all is at rest. And how many of you know that you can be in a very difficult situation, but because you understand who your God is, how much he loves you, how much he's in control of everything, you're at rest, you're at peace, no matter what comes. So we find our happy place and submission to his reign in our lives. That's what we ought to realize. Because here's the thing. When we, face, when, we, when we face challenges, let me back up here. Okay. I'm not sure what I just did, but I went too far and I backed it up. All right. When we face challenges and we do not submit to God, that we we do not understand how much he loves us, we don't understand that he's in control and challenges come into our life, you will have not peace. You're going to have anxiety. You're going to have worry going on. So the next part of this.
1: Give us this day our daily bread. This is where we're at today.
0: We do not literally pray, give us today our daily bread. You go down to Barnes and Noble, you'll see shelves lined with cookbooks. You won't find a single book in there entitled How to Survive Starvation. We don't pray, Lord, I need bread for today. We pray, Lord, I'm eating too much bread today. We go find a book to try to keep us from eating too much bread, right? And give us this day our daily bread. Jesus is not suggesting by this prayer that God is someone who just come and just meets our every need, our every want that we might have. That's what some people think. Some people have a, a cat theology where it comes to God. And it goes like this. Some people think that God is a divine butler to come in and meet our every needs. That he's just some some divine hand that just comes out of the sky and gives us what we want when we want it. And you notice one cat thinks that the other cat's bell works better than his bell. (laughs) Right? I like your prayer better. When I talk to people who are angry and upset with God, it's because they usually have this philosophy to, toward, toward God. God, I ring, you bring. But that doesn't fit the context of God's all about your kingdom. Your kingdom come, your will be done. What Jesus is referring to when he says, give us this day our daily bread, he's referring to that time when, when the, the whole nation of Israel was going through the wilderness for that 40 years and every day in that 40 years, they got up, got out of their tent that morning and they literally gathered their daily bread for that day. God took care of them. They were aware of God's provision every day. The the cloud over them by day, the pillar of fire by night, their clothes didn't wear out, their shoes didn't wear out. Every day they
1: understood how dependent they were upon God. God tells them,
0: as they're ending up that 40-year journey through the wilderness, he tells them, look, there's going to come a day very soon where you're going to have more bread then you can eat. People, in fact, are going to come buy bread from you. Your silver is going to multiply. Your gold is going to multiply. Your stock, your livestock, all that's going to multiply. Your crops are going to multiply. And when that day comes, when you have an abundance of everything you can think of, you are just as dependent upon me then as you are right now today. We need to understand that we are dependent upon God for everything. Because there's times in our lives, occasionally, people will come across that time where their, their illusion of control is sort of stripped away. And they realize how the world's actually ordered that God is the one that they have to depend on every day for their food, for their clothes, for their
1: relationships, for it all. Everything they have. So this is a reminder. We should pause
0: and declare our dependence on him every day lest we forget. That's the bottom line. And see, this is a big deal because we live in a culture of
1: excess. We have so much of everything. We tend to feel entitled. We tend to just have ingratitude instead of gratitude. Here's a good prayer in
0: Proverbs that helps us with this. Give me neither poverty nor wealth. Feed me with the food I need. God, don't give me more than I can handle. That is not an American prayer. And then he goes on to say, otherwise I might have too much and deny you saying who is the Lord, or I might have nothing and still profane in the name of my God. Do you know people? who have so much, they seem to have just forgotten God. They
1: get so busy because that, now they've got options and they've completely forgotten God. So the prayers, God help remind me every day that I'm dependent upon you.
0: See, I don't ever want to get deceived into thinking that I don't need God for everything. Now, here's what's going on. Let me... Go back and give you the big picture. After Jesus says, our Father who art in heaven, your name will be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as is in heaven. Then what he's doing, he's giving us three challenges that we face every day and telling us how to pray for those. Three challenges we face every day. The first challenge we face every day is that we come to understand we depend upon him for everything. Because see, we're challenged every day to think, I pulled this off. I made this by my own hands, my own power. I've created this. We're tempted to do that every day. So it says every day we need to be reminded that we're totally dependent upon God and not just Every day be reminded we're totally dependent on God. But what's the other part of that? When you're dependent upon God and you can trust him for everything, the other part
1: is that I'm dependent on God and I'm not going to worry. Because people today, when, when they don't understand they're totally dependent upon God, either, either
0: they're going to think, I did this myself, look what I've done, or they're going to worry about their stuff,
1: or they're going to do both. The biggest problem we have today is people worry about all their problems.
0: So I want you to, as we go through these next three verses, and as we go through these three verses, I want you to see how concern for our daily stuff and worry and God's kingdom all come together. All right, here we go. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or your body with what you'll wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? So don't worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what will we wear? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Do you see that? Here's what, what I want you to understand. The biggest issue that keeps us from being kingdom people Is worrying about our stuff, either to think that we did it, we're in control of it, we handled it, or they're worried about that that God can't care for us, that He doesn't, He's not a good, loving, heavenly Father that cares for all of our all of our needs, and so we start worrying about our stuff. Later on, Jesus tells a parable about how the the word of God is like a seed that it plants in our hearts and yields an abundance of fruit. But there are several dangers that will keep that word from yielding fruit in our lives, and one of those is a weed that will grow up and choke out the word of God. And disciples later on they ask Jesus, "What's that weed?" Jesus says, "That weed is the worries of the world." Let me give you the bottom line here. The bottom line is this. The kingdom of God cannot reign in your heart if you're consumed with worries. So here we go. Every day, Jesus wants us to declare our dependence on, on God and be through with worrying.
1: Every day. That's a challenge we face every day. The second challenge we're going to look at, we'll look at the
0: third one next time, but the second one is this. Every day Jesus wants us to be through with regretting, to be done with that. What's the next verse in the prayer? Forgive us our debts. See, Jesus knows
1: that his forgiveness is just as much of a daily need as our food is.
0: Because here's the thing. You're going to be surprised at this, I know, but never at the end of a day have I told God, God, I did it today, didn't I? You're so proud of me. I know I knocked it out of the park. Never once with my words, never once with my actions, never once in my thoughts did I ever do
1: anything wrong. Boy, I was great today. That never has happened, believe it or not. But every day.
0: I need to be reminded that I need God's forgiveness every day. I need to be reminded that God has forgiven me all of my sins. That they're all forgiven. And, and I, don't, I don't go through and remind myself of His forgiveness in order to get salvation, in order to be saved. I remind myself of His forgiveness in order to be done with guilt and shame, that that's gone. That doesn't need to be a part of my life anymore. He's forgiven me all of my sins. That's a daily need we have. Bob Goff, he's a speaker, author. He was speaking one time, and somebody asked him a question about parenting. And he said this When my daughter was 17 years old, she came home one night and informed me that she'd wrecked a car. I gave her some coordinates, told her to go get a shovel and dig at those coordinates. And she did. She dug down. She found a box. Inside that box was a letter written before she was born. And it said, honey, I forgive you for wrecking the car. (laughs) Now, we need to understand that God has forgiven us all our sins even before we were born. They were all future when Christ died for them anyway. There is therefore now no condemnation. We need to understand that. So every day... We should want God's forgiveness to reign in our hearts because it's easy to live in guilt and shame. That's the bottom line. God, forgive me of my debts. Every day, every day, we should bathe in God's forgiveness.
1: Every day. Now, every day,
0: what we have here in the Lord's Prayer Is facing those challenges that that, that we face. Every day we're tempted to worry. Every day we're tempted to regret because of our sins. And every day we're tempted to resent. Okay? Now here's the thing it's easy for me to forget that, that God, that I'm dependent upon God for everything. It's easy for me to forget that and either think I did it or to go worrying about my stuff. It's easy for me to forget that God's forgiven me about all my sins. All my sins have been forgiven and and sin to, to feel guilt and shame and to dwell in that. But you know one thing it's not easy for me to forget? It's how other people have hurt me. I can remember that. And let's go back to how this prayer goes. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors, those who have sinned against us. See, that that has a twist, doesn't it? Forgive me in the same way
1: or just as I forgive others. That's a little different, isn't it?
0: People every day, by their words and their actions, they will hurt you, and they will not even know they did it. And people, by their words and their actions, will hurt you, they know they did it, and they're going to do it again. But if you have a heart where you allow those hurts to reside in your heart, the kingdom of God cannot reign in that heart also. Here's what we read. What Paul said. Paul he, he just twists it around and turns it backwards. He says this in Ephesians 4:32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. Just as, in the same way, we don't forgive others because we've been forgiven, and we don't forgive others because they deserve to be forgiven, but because we've been forgiven. I guess I better say that right. Wouldn't okay. help. <laughs> And if you're having trouble forgiving other people, you need to go back and you need to bathe in that forgiveness that you experienced at the cross. When our hearts receive God's grace and his forgiveness, we're not to be like retention ponds that just put it all in on ourselves. But we're to be like rivers that let that grace flow through us to other people. So here we go. When you you can forgive others just as God has forgiven you, you're allowing God's kingdom to reign in your heart. That's the bottom line. When you can forgive others just as God has forgiven you, you're allowing God's kingdom to reign in your heart. So, So here's the question. Whenever you ask God for forgiveness, are you asking for something that you're unwilling to do to other people? God, forgive me. I'm such a good person and I deserve your forgiveness, but don't forgive them. What do we call a person who expects others to do for them what they're not willing to do for others? Hypocrites sometimes, right? So what do you call people who want to accept God's forgiveness but they're not willing to give forgiveness to other people? They're a hypocrite. They're a pretender. They're a user. To ask God to forgive you while you're not forgiving other people? What you're doing is you're declaring, you run your kingdom. God, I'm on the throne in my life, not you. These people hurt me. I don't care what you say. I don't care what your will is. I'm going to be angry with them, and I'm going to hold that anger for a long time. But whenever you forgive people, not because they deserve it, but simply because you were forgiven, what you're doing is you're declaring that God's kingdom is going to reign in your heart. The bottom line, forgiving may not bring that person into God's kingdom, but it will bring more of God's kingdom into you. What I want you to understand for the rest of the day as we finish up is that this prayer is preparing us to live that day, every day. Here we go. Prayer will help God's kingdom
1: reign through you before the challenges of the day come to you. See, the enemy's going to try and get you to worry. Worry.
0: The enemy's going to try and to get you to live in guilt and shame over who you are, making you feel like you're you're just no good, you're worthless. The enemy's going to try to get you to live in bitterness and anger. But what Jesus is telling us is, look, you need to begin every day praying to prepare you because these challenges are going to come to you every day. So let me ask you, how long does it take you? to pray the Lord's Prayer. We had a test right here. I didn't get the exact seconds, but when I tested myself earlier this week and I put it on a stopwatch and I just said it, I didn't try to speed say it, I just said it, took me about 20 seconds. So how long does it take you to pray that prayer? It kind of depends upon the condition of your heart. Whenever Jesus went to raise Lazarus from the dead, he prayed he had a little bitty short prayer, about 10 seconds long. It wasn't even a very serious prayer. It says, God, you know what I'm about to do, but i am just talking to you
1: so they'll know that you're in on it. That was it. And he raised Lazarus from the dead. But the night that he's about to be arrested and be crucified...
0: He knows what God wants. He knows God's will, but he's struggling with it. He prayed all night long. So how long does it take you to pray the Lord's Prayer? Kind of depends on the condition of your heart. There are some days when things are going great, and it may not take that long. Other days, it may take hours. Sometimes it can take days. Days. Here's what I want you to understand. When you pray a prayer like Jesus is instructing us to pray, if you don't get stuck somewhere, there's issues. You're going to get stuck somewhere. If you're really praying this prayer, if you understand it and you're sincere, you're going to get stuck somewhere. Let me tell you an example of what I mean. Our Father who art in heaven, God, you're a good, loving, heavenly Father. You're in heaven. You're in charge of it all. You're sovereign over everything in life. And you are to be honored as holy. How long should you stay right there? As long as it takes for that to enter into your heart. Some days it takes longer than others. Or how about this? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, my kingdom is over. It's all about your kingdom. I want your will to be done in my life. Just like it is in heaven. How long should you stay there? As long as it takes. Sometimes it's just a minute or two. Sometimes you're struggling like Jesus did. That prayer may take you days and you don't get any further. There's no sense in going any further with the prayer until you get that right. And that may take you days. Give us this day our daily bread. Father, I'm dependent upon you. I'm not going to take credit for anything that's happened in my life because, Father, I know you gave me the ability to, to make money. Father,
1: it all goes back to you. It's all yours to begin with. And I'm not going to worry about my stuff. How long does that take you to pray? Anybody wake up
0: worrying about their stuff? Worrying about life? It may take you a while that morning. Anybody ever wake up at night and you just got stuff you're worrying about go through your mind? It may take you a little while to pray that, right? Or how about this one? God, Forgive me my
1: sins. How long does that take? Some days it may be pretty easy, pretty quick.
0: That's simple. God, thank you. All my sins are forgiven. Other days it may not. Especially, understand this. You can't pray that prayer if you've got sin on your calendar. If you're planning on sinning or you're stuck in sin, I don't think you need to be praying. God, thank you for my forgiveness. I think you need to go back up further in the prayer. God, may your name be honored as holy. God, may your will be done in my life. You need to back yourself up because you can't pray that because that's not what's happening in your life right now. You're stuck in sin. Be kind of hypocritical. God, forgive me for this sin. Guess what, God? I'm going to do this again in 10 more minutes.
1: Sounds like a pretender to me. And so you need to go back up. Or how about this? God, I need to forgive that person who hurt me. Mm, That's a big one. God,
0: forgive me just as I and as I forgive those who have hurt me in my life.
1: How long does it take you to pray that? Sometimes it can be pretty easy. Sometimes it's not. I've known people
0: that it it took them days to work through that. Sometimes maybe in a couple of weeks. But listen, if it's taking you months to be able to forgive, you got to go back up and go, hey, I'm not allowing God's kingdom reign in my life because I'm making it about my kingdom. I'm going to carry this hurt. I'm going to carry this bitterness. I'm going to carry this anger. I don't care what God's will is for my life. I'm just going to keep doing it.
1: If you can't pray that, you need to back yourself up. How long does it take? The enemy
0: is going to try to get you to forget that you have a good, loving, heavenly father. He's going to try and get you to forget that he's sovereign and he's in control of it all. He's going to try and get you to forget that he wants to reign in your life and that you should be done with worry. You should be done with with regret. You should be done
1: with getting even with people, resentment, that you should be bitter and angry. That's what he's going to attempt to do. These are challenges we face every day. So, how long does it take you to pray the Lord's Prayer? Kind of depends on the condition of your heart, doesn't it?
0: And there's going to be some days you stop that first part and you don't go
1: any further. You, you stop there and you think, oh, oh, wait a minute. Do I recognize that in my life? If you don't get stuck somewhere in that prayer,
0: if you don't have to stop somewhere and go, oh, I just need to let this sink in,
1: there's something wrong. Because nobody's that good. We all have issues somewhere. So, Let's all stand together.
0: And let's say the prayer together the best you can. I don't care what version you use. I know we're going to be all over the map. That's okay because <laughs> it's not up here. This is our, this is what the bottom line here is. Therefore, you should pray like, well, we got, it's, We can use this. Can we go back to this? Okay. Let's all say this together because it is up here. See? It wasn't a good day for me either. I forgot this is up here. (laughs) Here we go. Let's say this together. Ready? We'll start with our Father part, all right? Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Okay. Now, the bottom line here is this prayer will help God's kingdom reign through you before the challenges of the day come to you. You should put that on a coffee cup. Okay. To remind you to pray this every day. So. We just went through that. How long did it take you? I hope as you prayed that somewhere, you got stuck and go, oh, it may have been with the first part, our father, God's my heavenly father. He's real. He's out there. He wants to have a relationship with me as a father. And some of you never come to the point where you really have a relationship with him at all. You can't say our father
1: because he's not your father. You can't say my father in heaven
0: because he hasn't become yours personally. That's the first step you need to take. That may be a step you need to take today. You need to come down front and say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to know him as my heavenly father who's in heaven, sovereign over all who has my best interest at heart. And you may want to start right there. Others of you, you get stuck in other places because you're still wanting your kingdom to reign, not his. And every day through your words and your actions, you're declaring my kingdom. It's alive and well. I'll, tell, I'll let God in when I want to. It's not
1: about his will being done. It's about my will being done. And there's some of you, you still think you... You're
0: actually the one that can make all that money and do all that stuff. And you don't think God's a God. You think that's you. That's not God. You're as dependent upon God right now as those Israelites were when they got out of tents every morning to pick up their bread for that
1: day. And you worry about your stuff. You got worried. You worry about this. You worry about that. And some of you just never bathe in God's forgiveness. Oh, all my sins have been washed away. Guilt, shame is gone. And
0: some of you don't know what it's like to forgive other people. Just like God's forgiven you.
1: You're carrying that bitterness, that anger. And you may hide it, but it's still there. And I can
0: understand that for a couple of days, a couple of weeks. But after a couple of months, you're just declaring your kingdom is going to rule, not God's. It's time to let go. Thank you for tuning into the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. For more information, check out our website at gbcak.org.